One of the ever-present realities of the confessional is sins of impurity. Some days, a full third of my confessions involve these. People come in who want to stop, but cannot. People who might have been confessing these sins for a decade or more, but have felt powerless to make any progress. I have some strategies that I provide that can begin to help, but priest and penitent alike often feel stuck, like this is a merry-go-round that is impossible to exit. Which is why, when I went to a conference on this topic a few months ago, I was so surprised to hear the priest presenter speak as though sins of impurity are not the impossible quagmires we make them out to be, as though it should be normal and expected that the great majority of people can be freed of their addictions in a straightforward manner. This priest has worked with hundreds of people on this issue, so I trust his expertise more than almost anyone else. The fact that I was surprised when I heard him speak like this got me questioning my default assumptions. I started to think about sin more broadly. How many sins do we approach as though they are unresolvable? How many sins do I, personally, overlook because I do not believe I can actually make any progress on them? In what ways have I made my peace with sin, allowing it to be victorious, believing that I am conquered forever? And what does this say about my faith in Christ? Do I believe that the victory of the cross was somehow ineffective? That Jesus somehow did not permanently and completely conquer sin and death when he burst forth from that tomb on Easter morning? If the cross is real and the resurrection is real, then no sin can keep us bound. The grace of God is infinitely powerful so why have I decided, in my weak faith, to limit its power? One antidote to all of this is the saints. In the Catholic tradition, the saints are important for two reasons. Their examples and their prayers. Today, I want to emphasize the power of their examples. The example of the saints shows us that it is a deceitful lie to believe that we humans are incapable of holiness and must compromise with sin. Their example counteracts this lie because the saints themselves achieved holiness. They have shown us that it can be done. Obviously, it is God himself who calls us to holiness. It is so easy to ignore his call. Well, he is God, we might say. So what does he know about my struggles? Even when we contemplate Jesus, who is God united to a human nature, we might tell ourselves that, sure, maybe he was tempted, but he was still God. He doesn't understand. And even Mary, 
because of her immaculate conception and freedom from sin, does not convince us that we can achieve holiness like she did. But every single other saint in the history of the world has been a sinner. Every single one. Monastics like Benedict, Scholastica, Bernard, Bruno, Hildegard, Teresa, Therese of Lisieux, John of the Cross, all sinners. Friars and active religious like Francis, Dominic, Ignatius, Anthony, John Bosco, Francis Cabrini, Mother Teresa, sinners without exception. Academics and pastors like Augustine, Aquinas, Bonaventure, Newman, Teresa Benedicta of the Cross, John Paul II, each regularly sinned and fell short of the glory of God. Lay saints and martyrs like Juan Diego, Caterita Caquitha, Joan of Arc, Lorenzo Ruiz, Louis and Zelie Martin, Jose Sanchez del Rio, Maria Goretti, Pierre Giorgio Frassati. Sinner, 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 sinner. And yet, these great men and women continue to inspire us centuries later. In their lives, we can see the grace of God working in humanity. In their stories, we can see the resurrection of Jesus Christ shine forth in real people, in real times and places throughout history. But we are always tempted to think that they are different than we are, that they were somehow naturally better than us. Because if we admit that they were like us, we also have to admit that we can be like them. And that's a hard reality to face. We would rather believe that we are incapable of it. Do we really think that the saints did not struggle with sin? There are numerous saints who began their lives as grievous sinners. Pope St. Callistus was an embezzler. St. Augustine slept around and had a child out of wedlock. St. Francis and St. Ignatius both sought wealth and glory as their highest goals. St. Mary of Egypt was a seductress. St. Angela Foligno was obsessed with vanities. St. Vladimir murdered his brother. And St. Olga started a war out of revenge for her husband. Jesus converted each of them and made them into a great saint. Even after their conversion to Christ, many saints continued to struggle with sin and holiness. St. Peter is said to have tried to flee Rome rather than face crucifixion. St. Jerome was known to have a temper and a sarcastic wit. St. Benedict, St. Francis, and St. Bernard each struggled with purity to the point that they threw themselves into thorn bushes, snowbanks, and icy ponds, respectively. Mother Teresa, now famously, 
spent most of her apostolate feeling empty in prayer and abandoned by God. And St. Therese of Lisieux wrote an entire book about how much she struggled to love difficult and annoying people, including herself. It is helpful to read actual biographies and autobiographies of the saints so that we can humanize them. If they remain abstractions, larger-than-life figures that seem to have nothing in common with us, then their lives and stories become meaningless. But if they struggled like us, then we have hope that we can be holy like them. My friends, the victory of the cross is utterly perfect. The grace of Jesus can conquer every sin and every struggle in our lives if we allow it to. We should not give up hope that we can be free of the chains of our sins. But when we doubt, because we all doubt, we only have to look to the saints, to hear their stories, to read about their lives. In the saints, we have our proof that Jesus can not only save wretches like us, but he can even purify us and use us for incredible and miraculous purposes. <laughs>